0: Would you stand with me? My father's house shall be called what? A house of prayer. What, a, what an amazing thing that we can go before the throne of almighty God with our needs, with our prayer requests, and God will stop making universes to hear us pray. Amen. Amen. Let's pray right now. Before we do that, I want to say, everybody turn to that camera that's got a light on and say, hi, Tiz. Tiz. She sends her love. She's feeling great. She's doing wonderful. Um, Keep her in prayer. We're still in the treatment, but we're walking in victory. Amen? Let's go before the Lord. Lift your hands up. Father, I ask you to bring an anointing here today because you said wherever two or three are gathered together in your name, and we are gathered together to hear the word of god to to receive the word of god to act upon the word of god whether we're in this building or we're in our homes around the world father bring your anointing the anointing that will open our eyes and open our hearts give us miracles today miracles of salvation Miracles of healing, miracles of debt cancellation, miracles of financial release, miracles on our homes, our families, our marriages, miracles on our children and our grandchildren, miracles on our nation and miracles in the world. And Father, we will give you, as we always do, all the praise and all the glory in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, who is the Messiah. And everybody who's living for Jesus shouted, Amen. Yeah. Give the Lord a clap offering one more time. Amen. I want to ask you this morning to open your books up. I'm going to do something that I very seldom do, and I'm going to teach out of the book of Revelation. So open your books, your Bibles up to the book of Revelation. Chapter Thirteen. Now, we're going to talk today about the mark of the beast and the Antichrist. Now, I want you. To li- li- I'm a, I'm a strange kind of pastor in that there is no way in the world that our staff can come and say, Pastor, what are you teaching for the next three months? And so they can prepare graphics, and they can prepare uh, literature, and they can prepare social media stuff. Because I don't know sometimes what I'm going to preach on Sunday until Saturday. Now, I generally know, and generally I'm working on it in advance, but something happened two days ago that I realized... I need to preach today something prophetic happened two days ago that I need to preach today and let us understand the Antichrist and the mark of the beast. Now, let me share something with you, and I've said this over and over again, and uh, I'll keep saying it, is that I just wrote this book, Seven Living Bible Prophecies, Seven Prophecies that are happening right now, seven. Seven is the number of God. It's the number of completion. Seven living prophecies concerning you, Israel, and the end time outpouring of signs and wonders and miracles. Now, what I'm going to share when we get to the end of this message isn't in this book. We talk about the possibility of this happening... And now it's happening. Guys, listen to me, you really need to read this. There, there are things in this book. I, 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 you know, I'm doing a lot of television pro, uh, interviews and radio interviews, and they're saying, this is more like um, this is not just a faith book. this is a book of deep research. And're going to we show you things in here that when you read these things You're going to realize where we are in the timing of God. I wrote this before the coronavirus. It took me about a year and a half to write this. And it is full of detail. It is full of information. It is full of revelation. And it's full of the knowledge of God that will open our eyes that we have eyes to see and ears to hear. And then like... What, John, 30 days after I finished the book, then everything started happening. Now I know why God, and especially when you hear what just happened in two days, two days ago, now I know why God had me write this book. So I really encourage you to get it to understand where we are in Bible prophecy. All right. We've been talking about reading the signs of God. And is it time for rapture or is it time for revival? Now, At the risk of beating the same drum over and over again, I want you to remember where we are on America's calendar. Almost every great empire lasts about, and I know I've said this every week, and I'll probably say it every week until we're done with this series, almost every great empire lasts about 250 years. Empires that ruled the world... That looked like they could never be defeated, and then at that around two hundred and fifty year period, their morals collapsed, their economy collapsed, everything collapsed, and those empires no longer exist. You can go from the Babylonian Empire to the British Empire to the Greek Empire. Now, the British the Britain still exists, Greeks still exist, but they're not Rome still exists, but they're not the empires. We are right now in America 244 years old. Now, I want you to understand that we're to have eyes to see and ears to hear. I tied that in with the teaching of 2 Samuel 24. In 2 Samuel 24, there was a great plague. That was released on the nation of Israel and predominantly for two reasons. Number one is the people were acting religious, but they weren't really serving God. Now, next week, I'm going to talk about lawlessness, the great falling away. Doesn't mean churches are empty, it means churches are full of people who aren't serving God. That's next week. Lawlessness in the streets. Lawlessness in the church. The second reason God brought a plague on Israel, 2 Samuel 24, is because David did a census. And he didn't do a census. A census wasn't bad. There were times, once a year, that God would say, count how many people are serving me. And he would not just count the people, he would count the half shekel that came in. The half shekel was to feed the widows and the orphans. The half shekel was to build the kingdom of God, take care of the temple, to, to um, make sure that the word of God got out. And so it wasn't the people, it was counting the half shekel. But David called for a census, and that census was called for not to see how strong the kingdom of God was, but David called the census to see how strong his kingdom was. Now that's going to tie directly in with next week. Are we more interested in how many people are in our building? Or are we more interested in people of how many people are in the kingdom of God? The census, the Bible says, took nine months and 20 days. I, I know you've heard me say this, but there's people all over the world that are hearing it for the first time. Why is that in there? Every word, every letter that's in the Torah is there for a reason. You're not to remove anything. So why does God specifically tell us nine months and 20 days? Well, basically, as most of you already know, this is a gestation period. It's a time from, from the time a woman is pregnant to the time she births a child from the time that the coronavirus became known to the world, leads us nine months and 20 days approximately. It's a little different because of the lunar calendar and the solar calendar. It leads us approximately to the next presidential election. Now, my son Luke gave me something the other day. We had a family day, and uh, all all the kids and all the grandkids were over, And my son Luke gave me something that was brilliant. He said, Dad, make sure people know we're not voting for a man. We're voting for policy. Men can fail us. But what we're voting on in the next election is who is pro-church, who is anti-church, who wants church to be free, who wants to shut down church. And listen to me. Who you vote for, I really believe, determines the end of this message. Because God says, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, then I. So God says, if you and me, then he. If we don't use our freedom... To protect our freedom, we will lose our freedom. Let me say that again. you got to hear it. If we don't use our freedom to protect our freedom... There are others that have a plan to take our freedom away. And if you don't think that's true, look at certain states run by certain political parties who say it's okay to go and gamble, sit at the crap table, sit at the poker table, go, go into the lobbies where they're playing slot machines. That's okay because that's necessary, but you cannot meet in a place of worship. Let those who have eyes to see, let them see. We talked in the last couple weeks about all of a sudden Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog is the leader of Russia and the country of Russia. We talked about all of a sudden the uh, um, China being uh, in the forefront. We talked about um, taking away our freedom of speech, uh, uh, labeling what we say as hate speech instead of reading what the word of God says. Woman, where are your accusers? None here, Lord. Go and sin no more. They're going to try to stop that. So we talked about a lot of these different concepts that are birth pangs to the coming of the Messiah. A birth pang is a signal When you see these things begin to happen don't look to Washington don't look to Wall Street don't look to the government and let me say this government's not our savior we only have one savior and he is the king of kings and he is the lord of he is the king of kings and he is the lord of lords. And if you look to anybody to be your provider except him. If you look to anybody to be your your leader except him. If you look to anybody to be your savior except him, you're going to be sadly disappointed. But if we will look to him, if we will look up, then our redemption draweth nigh. Amen. So we've talked about a lot of these Different concepts that is going to happen and we're going to talk about more we're going to talk next week about lawlessness we're going to talk uh in the weeks to come about several other things that are happening in the world that from the time i got saved until now we thought would never happen we thought well it must mean something else surely surely it's just the an analogy of something else but it is happening right now now listen to this The Bible says that the feasts of the Lord are a shadow of things to come. Now, I want to say this leading up to where we are right now, as in the last 48 hours. The feasts of the Lord are a shadow of things to come. Let me say this for people who've never heard this. The apostles laid hands on the sick and they recovered but sometimes they couldn't get to them and their shadow touched them the shadow had the same power as the real thing that's exactly what God's Word teaches us concerning the Moa the appointed times of God on Passover Passover was a shadow of Jesus Christ dying on the cross. That shadow came every year at the exact time, at the exact moment that at the temple they sacrificed a lamb for Passover, and that lamb's blood forgave all the children of Israel. That shadow, that forgiveness, that blood lasted one year. But at that exact moment not a day before, not a day after, not around that time. At that exact moment, the knife went into the lamb. Jesus was on the cross, shouted, it's finished. Boom. It went from a shadow to the real thing. Not that didn't last a year. It lasted forever and and ever and ever and ever and ever. 50 days later, when the day of Pentecost, Shavuot, when the day of Pentecost, in Hebrew, Shavuot, when that day, when they were all the Jews who were in, in, in the temple, they were all in one place, and one mind, and one accord, at the moment, Pentecost, not on the 48th day, the 49th day, the 51st day, on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell not for a year, forever. And it is for you and your children and as many as are far off, not just 2000 years ago on that day. Today you can be filled with the Holy Spirit with the anointing and the power of God that you can lay hands on the sick. You can cast out devils. You can bind the devil. You can loosen the power of God. You can Jesus said, I've got to go. No, don't go, Lord. I've got to go. Because while I am with you, I am with you. But I will send another. And he won't be with you. He will be in you. And wherever you go, tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen? Amen. On that exact day. Not the 49th day, not the 50th, on that exact day. So now we only have a few things left left to fulfill Bible prophecy. Now the Bible says specifically that you and I do not know the day nor the hour. We don't know that. Now we can see birth pangs. We can feel birth pangs. We can see signs. But no man knows the day nor the hour. But we do know God's sequence of events. We don't know when it's going to happen, but we do know the sequence of events. On August 21st, which is how long from now? Two weeks? Next week? August 21st? In five days? In five days, we begin what's called the month of Elul. The month of Elul is the blowing of the trumpet. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion, sound the alarm. I should have brought a, uh, maybe uh, next week I'll bring it up. I should have brought a shofar. If, you're, if your eyes were closed, if we turned all the lights off and we're in total darkness, if I blew that shofar, it would, you would hear that sound. And if you were in the times of Jesus, you would know exactly what that meant. Wow! they didn't have calendars, they didn't have clocks, they didn't have watches. They're working in their shops, they're um, taking care of their families, they're in the fields with their herds or with their crops, and all of a sudden they're working, man, they hear and they go, was that the shofar? And then the next day, man, they go, we know what this is. We have 30 days before Rosh Hashanah. We have 30 days when they would hear the shofar, they would then grab their shofar and blow it down the valley more or over the mountains more because your salvation is never complete when you hear the alarm. Your salvation is only complete when you pass it along to others. And that's what God is saying right now. How many of you are saved? If the rapture took place right now, how many of you would go? Okay. How about your family, your kids, your son, your daughters, your grandchildren? They need to go too. You need to sound the alarm and say, wake up. We are in an amazing time. We are about to enter into God's appointed time. Now, no man knows the hour or the day. We, we don't know that. But we do know the sequence of things. If I And I might be wrong. I'm, I'm going to be the first one to say, I might be wrong. Maybe God is fullness. Maybe even though... Passover happened on Passover. Pentecost happened on Pentecost. Maybe the rapture will take place in December. After all, that's the month Jesus was born. <laughs> but if I'm looking at God's appointed time, and I'm looking at birth pangs, if I'm looking at Ikvot Mashiach, the footstep, hearing the footsteps of the Messiah then I would say the reason why we blow the shofar for 30 days, leading us up to Rosh Hashanah, is Rosh Hashanah is symbolic of the rapture. It's a shadow of the rapture. Now what happens on Rosh Hashanah? On Rosh Hashanah, God opens the book of life. Remember when Moses said, Lord, if you're going to remove their name from the book of life, remove mine also well you gotta understand to Jews long before Jesus was Messiah the book of life wasn't an eternal thing the book of life it's better translated the book of blessing I love you and I'm willing if God would have me I would be willing to suffer for you for a year not forever I don't love you that much. Would you go to hell for me? No. I wouldn't. The book of life that's open on Rosh Hashanah is the reason for blowing the trumpet for 30 days. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Make sure you're serving God and make sure you're making the world a better place. Make sure you've got good deeds done. And then, and we're going to talk about this, I was going to teach on this today, but we're going to talk about this uh, on Rosh Hashanah. On On Rosh Hashanah, God opens the book, is your name written? Okay, yeah, Larry's name's written. All right, what did he do this year to make the world a better place? Because I'm about to reward him for next year, according to what he did this year we're not talking about getting to heaven we go to heaven by grace right but and we're going to talk about this when we get into rosh hashanah but once the rapture takes place then there is the judgment seat of christ the day boom the rapture takes place boom we're at the judgment seat of christ and at the judgment seat of christ he gives out the rewards. Jesus said, I come quickly and my rewards are with me. And so if I've done what God's told me to do in in feeding the widows and the orphans and making the world a better place and being kind and being generous, then I receive eternal reward. But remember, Rosh Hashanah is a shadow of things to come. And so... If the rapture takes place in 35 days, boom, between now and then, you want to make sure your heart is right with God. You want to make sure you're serving God. You want to make sure you're not like Israel was in Second Samuel 24, where they're going through the motions of religion, but their hearts are far from me. You want to make sure that Jesus said, and you don't say to Jesus, but Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? And Jesus said, I don't even know who you are. All right, all right. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. I heard evangelists years ago say, walking in a chicken coop doesn't make you a chicken any more than walking in the church makes you a Christian. You've got to be a Christian in your heart. Amen? So what if the rapture took place in 35 days? I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's not. It may happen today. I might be wrong. But if God continues to follow the pattern of the shadow of things to come, then it, if you were to ask me to say, when do you think the rapture will take place? I don't know when, but I do believe it'll take place on Rosh Hashanah. I, I really do. I could be wrong. I could, I could be wrong. <laughs> but I believe the blowing of the shofar, sounding the alarm is symbolic of Ikvot Mashiach, the footsteps of the Messiah, and the birth pangs of a woman that's about to birth something. Amen? But let's say in 35 days, it's not the rapture. In 35 days, it will still be on God's calendar, Rosh Hashanah. And God will open up the book... And he will determine the blessings for all next year. That's why the Lord says, don't worry about what you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep, what you're going to wear, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Make sure you're right with God and his righteousness. The word righteous means that God means acts of kindness. So the next 35 days, make sure you're giving so that we can have widows and orphans. We can feed the kids in Africa. We can uh, take care of the Holocaust survivors. We can do Aliyah. And by the way, we brought a whole plane from Mexico of Mexican Jews that landed this week into Israel safe and sound. And we were a part of that. Amen. So come 35 days, got to look and say, Oh, look, they gave for Mexico. They gave for Jews. They gave for the kids in Africa. They gave for the orphanage. They did. They were kind. They helped somebody. They helped their neighbor. So God will look at this. Amen. So after the rapture, after Rosh, after Rosh Hashanah, now remember, we don't know when, but we do know the sequence. So we have 30 days of birth pangs, we have 30 days of blowing the shofar sounding the alarm, wake up, wake up, wake up. I believe that's what's happening right now. Even before we get into the month of Elul, God is saying through the coronavirus, God is saying through the lawlessness in the streets, God is saying through the economic crisis, God is saying to his church, make sure you wake up. Have you gotten a little lukewarm? Have you gotten a little bit lazy in serving God? Have you gotten a little bit lazy in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Wake up. I believe God is saying that. So we have 30 days of blowing the shofar. Boom. The same exact moment on God's calendar every year, Rosh Hashanah. And then Rosh Hashanah, one of the reasons why God says no man knows the day nor the hour is Rosh Hashanah actually takes two days. So we don't know if the rapture is going to be on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, midway in the Rosh Hashanah, the last day. So you have two days of Rosh Hashanah. In between those two, after the two days of Rosh Hashanah, you have seven days until Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the day of atonement. Yom Kippur, so you have the rapture, boom, Yom Kippur, seven days And then you have Rosh Hashanah, seven days, and then you have Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the second coming. After the second coming, then you have the Feast of Tabernacles, the Wedding Supper of the Lamb. I might be wrong. Say this, Pastor might be wrong. He said so himself. So do you see the pattern 30 days waking up God doesn't want anybody to miss the rapture and God doesn't want anybody in 35 days to miss the blessing. It's the father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Are you with me? Boom the rapture seven days second coming. But the thing I want to look at in the next few minutes is what happens during those seven days. If you miss the rapture, if you miss the rapture, the rapture, remember, judgment doesn't start in Las Vegas. Judgment doesn't start on Wall Street. Judgment doesn't start in Moscow. Judgment starts... In the house of God. Because we're to be the light of the world. And if we stop being the light. We'll talk about this next week. If we stop being the light. If we stop being the salt. They're going to walk all over us. They're going to. Are you listening to me? They're going to walk all over us. We're the light of the world. We need to let our light shine. We're the salt of the earth. We're we're what we're what keeps the the we're what keeps the the rottenness from taking place. So the rapture is the judgment on us. If we're not serving God, and, and listen to me, none of us are perfect except His and my mother. None of us are perfect. But we don't want to be lukewarm. Come on. Let me ask you something. And this is a different era because of the virus. But do you do you go to church or miss church more? Now, this is a different time now, but let's say there was no coronavirus. Let's say we get through the coronavirus. Do you are you in church more Sundays or out of church more Sundays? Amen? Amen. Now, you know, you know, these things aren't popular to preach, but boy, this is the time to be preaching. them. Yeah. All right. So we've got the 30 days of blowing the shofar. We've got the rapture. We've got Rosh Hashanah. Then seven days later, we have the second coming Yom Kippur. And then we have the wedding supper of the lamb. What happens during those seven days? If we, if you, if you miss the rapture, then the odds are You will either go to hell or you will have to die for your faith. Because during this time, the Antichrist will be released on the earth for seven years. Now, there's no way I can cover all the issues of this. From the time of the rapture, Rosh Hashanah, I believe, I could be wrong, to Yom Kippur, the second coming, there are seven years. The Bible basically says something will happen that will bring great turmoil in the world at the beginning, at the very beginning of those seven years from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. Now, we have, in, on our calendar, we have seven days. What brings that chaos? Well, th- there's no real c- clear statement on that, but I think maybe what brings that chaos is all of a sudden millions and millions of people disappear. Right. Yeah. Not, he- uh, not here and there, and there, but boom, it's, it's over. Yeah. The rapture is a twinkling of an eye. You can't see people going go off out there. Forget- <laughs> no, boom, it's, go- it's over. Rapture's gone. Rapture's happened. In the twinkling of an eye. That's why the Bible talks about the five wise and the five foolish. All are virgins. All of them are born again. But five of them kept their oil going. Five of them were serving God. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about this next week. Five of them were looking for the bridegroom to come. Five of them go, eh, you know what? Let's eat, drink, and be merry. Let's, 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 let's just, you know, that's okay. I, I, I'm thinking I'll go to church today. Yeah, that's right. And I think I'll pray. I'm going I'll read my Bible. When the, when the bridegroom came, five, five virgins were left behind. I didn't get, I didn't get any amens from the, the Lutheran side over here. <laughs> I'm, te- I'm teasing Lutheran people. So something will bring about great chaos. I believe it's the rapture. I believe all of a sudden two will be in the field. One will be taken. One will be left behind. Two will be in bed. Husband and wife. One will be taken. One will be left behind. And don't turn to your husband and say, it's you. After three and a half years, and I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version of this, and we'll, I'll let the Lord lead me how much detail we get into this. After the three and a half years, at the beginning of the seven years, there'll be somehow great chaos, worldwide chaos, worldwide. Some political leader will come on the scene and bring peace, calm everything down, bring everything together, And for three and a half years, there will be peace on earth. But at the end of three and a half years, now, there's great debates in Christianity, what's called pre-tribulation rapture, before the tribulation, mid-tribulation rapture, halfway through the tribulation, And post-tribulation rapture, we'll all go through the tribulation, and then the Messiah will come. Well, I look at it as when it began to rain, they all got in the ark. They didn't tread water for a little while, and then get in the ark. So I believe in pre-tribulation rapture. I believe when you see these things begin to happen, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. So you have the rapture, then you have three and a half years that looks like, man, this guy is really the Prince of Peace. But the problem with that is that after three and a half years, and I don't know how much we'll get into it today, I don't think we will get into it today, then on the Temple mound, what Daniel described and what Jesus described is the abomination of desolation. And he will show himself not as a man of great peace, but he'll show himself as the Antichrist, a man of Satan. And one of the things, and we'll talk about more as we get into this, one of the things that will happen is that he will make you take what's called in the Bible the mark of the beast. Now, we're going to get in that in a minute. But I want you to realize, because a lot of people would say, well, there's no way one person can lead the world. As a false messiah, there's no way one person can lead the world. I won't go all the way back in history of all the people, of, of the individual men that almost conquered the whole world. But let's go back in our lifetime or some of our lifetimes, To a man who a lot of people thought was the Antichrist and his name was Adolf Hitler. And it's amazing this evil, horrible, demonic man. Amazing how many people followed him as the savior against Jews and against the kingdom of God. Listen to the quote. Hitler Hitler offered himself as a messiah with a divine mission to save Germany. On one occasion, he displayed a the whip that he often carried to demonstrate that, quote, this is Hitler's words, in driving out the Jews, I remind myself, I remind myself, Hitler said, of Jesus in the temple. Just like Christ, I have a duty to my people. What Christ began, he said, I will complete. Now we look at Adolf Hitler and we see him as one of the most demonic creatures that ever walked the planet. But if you miss the rapture, Hitler will look like a choir boy. Because the Bible says, we know that Hitler killed six million Jews. The Bible says the Antichrist at the halfway point will murder one quarter of the world's population. Those that he doesn't murder will have to take what's called the mark of the beast. Go with me to... Revelations, chapter 13, verse 15. And he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave. To receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for it is the number of a man and his number is. Six, six, six. So the rapture takes place, and once the rapture takes place, this man of, that is a false messiah will come and settle everything down. And after he settles everything down, three and a half years, it'll look like, boy, this guy really is the messiah. After three and a half years, on the Temple Mount, he will will bring about the most horrible act of self-worship and idolatry, abomination of desolation that the world has ever seen on the Temple Mount. On the Temple Mount. When this happens at three and a half years, you will either have to worship him or there's a good chance that if you don't worship him, you'll have to die for your faith. And this, I I know we say this jokingly, but we need to understand. People say, I'll never do that. If you can't live for him now, you don't have the fortitude to die for him later let me say it again if you don't have the courage to live for him now i doubt that you'll die for him later you either bow down and worship me and take the mark of the beast or your children will starve you will starve be thrown in jail you'll be bankrupted you'll you'll not be able to get medical for your babies. And if you're compromising in serving God now, I think you'll probably, most will compromise in, in, for him then. So they say that, that, that the mark of the beast, you'll not be able to buy, you'll not be able to sell. It will be an identity as followers of the Antichrist. And if you don't take it, then you'll face bankruptcy and starvation. Now, Stay with me. I have 20 more minutes. This is the good news. But you need to be aware of this. Amen? It's like telling your child, if you stick that bobby pin in that light socket, this will happen. I told you. So what we're saying is, the blowing of the shofar. Ik volt... Mashiach the footsteps of the Messiah the birth pangs are because God loves us so much he doesn't want us to miss out on this amen so you'll either take the mark of the beast or you'll face starvation and bankruptcy it's what the scriptures say I'm not going to read all the chapters in revelations and revelations everything but what it is called is a cash we're, that we will be in a cashless society. No credit cards, no no dollar bills, no coins. It'll all be by a mark of the beast. In your well, did I finish reading it? Yeah. Look at ver, chapter fourteen, verse nine. I've got to go quick. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, "If anyone worships the beast or his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand." He himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image who receives the mark of his name. Somebody say, this is serious. serious. Is it possible for us to become a cashless society? A banker told a friend of mine, a a pastor asked him this. How long would it take for us to become a cashless society? You know what the banker said? The guy owns the bank? Overnight. And this pastor friend of mine said, you mean like a few months? He goes, no. You go to bed, you wake up where your cash is worth nothing. Is that possible to happen? Fortune magazine says many advocates for going cashless um, believe that the paper dollar's time is nearly up. Now, there's a lot of reasons why the government would say to us, we need to be a cashless society. CNN reports, India has removed 86% of all cash from their society. Now they plan on eliminating credit cards, debit cards, ATM cards. And as early, now this was written last year, as early as 2020 and go entirely towards a biometric-based financial system. They said that they removed the cash because there would be less, less robberies, and that happened. There's no money in your pocket, nobody can rob you. It will increase social benefits because nobody's buying stuff under the table. You have to have a record of what you're buying, and so it increases taxes. And therefore, you have social benefits. All true. Sweden, only 3% of Sweden's economy right now today, 3%, has anything to do with cash. Robberies have dropped. Taxes are up. But electronic fraud and cyber crimes have increased dramatically. This is out of an article. Now we have need of greater electronic uh, security through positive identification for every person making a transaction. Norway, Denmark, France, Spain, and many others are now following in the same direction. So, yeah, no, no more cash. So robberies are down, taxes are up, but cyber crimes are in the increase. And so now we need to get rid of uh, the credit cards and we need to get rid of the debt cards. And we need some kind of mm, personal identification that every time you buy or sell. Now, remember the mark of the beast says without this identification, you cannot buy or sell. You cannot buy or sell. And so now they're saying you can't buy or sell unless we give you some kind of personal identification. Visa, in July 12, 2017, began offering businesses $10,000 each to stop accepting cash. 2017. The CEO of Visa, Al Kelly, says, I quote, We are focused on putting cash out of business. Now, could that be possibly tied to the coronavirus? If cash is no longer worth anything, could this be part of the explanation in Revelations? I think it's what, Revelation 6, 6, where a bag of gold could buy a loaf of bread. Could this be a new meaning with the coronavirus? And many politicians are pushing, don't use cash. Don't use cash because there is viruses on the cash. And when you give somebody cash or they give you cash, there's a virus that's being passed. Could this be a new meaning of the scripture, filthy lucre? Bill Gates... I told, I told Tiz, or the family the other day, that when I hear something, I, I not only research what I hear, I want to research people who are debating what you hear. And so I went to a website sticking up for Bill Gates and this patent that he came up for. And, and this is, this is, now re- remember what, what Hitler called for was a new world order. R- remember what... United Nations wants is a New World Order. What the World Health Organization wants is a New World Order. A new world order would be run by one government, one man, one religion, and one economic system. That's the way it works. So this is this is an article that I want to read sticking up for Boy I'm getting tons of messages. Keep preaching, I will. (laughs) Listen to this. This is people sticking up for Bill Gates. There is a genuine patent that Microsoft has applied for in 2019. Gee, what a... Bill Gates, World Health Organization, and China and the coronavirus are all connected. Everybody, Everybody knows that. Right, I saw. I saw on sixty minutes that Bill Gates, Fauci, Fauci, fakey. I saw where they had a meeting three months before the coronavirus, planning for the coronavirus. I saw it on sixty minutes, and they said, "How can you explain that?" They go, "Just a coincidence." But in my Bible. There's no word for coincidence. So listen to this. This is what they're saying. There is a genuine patent Microsoft has applied for in 2019, and the number of this patent is W-O, world order, in my opinion, slash 2020 slash 060606. The application does mention now this is, they're sticking up for their company, does mention technology allowing for people's activity to be monitored in exchange for cryptocurrency. But there is no mention of implanted chips. So they say, yes, we do. You know, if they're giving me a new phone number and my new phone number has 666 on it, I'm changing it. If I move and and the address is 666 Satan Place, I'm out of there. And yet you're going to have a patent that says 666? Now either you're just tremendously naive or tremendously confident. But they do say that this patent is a technology allowing for you your activity to be monitored in exchange for currency, cryptocurrency. In other words, from what I understand, and I don't understand at all. I'm not. I'm not a. Consp- I, you know, I'm, I'm. I run from conspiracy people. But golly, guys, this is pretty weird. My daughter told me this morning that she just took, Anna just took a thing off of her phone where they can track you, a COVID tracker. So what he's saying is, is from what I understand, he's saying is we will reward people for act, financially for activities that we agree with, but we won't award people for activities we don't agree with. So maybe going to the casino, you get a reward, but going to church, you don't. I don't know. But they do admit that this is there. Now, here's the reason, nine minutes. Here's the reason I decided to teach this today. This cannot happen without the Antichrist. The mark of the beast cannot happen without the Antichrist being at the Temple Mount. Now, I'm going to say this very quickly, and I can get you more information on that. A lot of people say, well, this means that it's a long way off, because if you read the description of the temple, the third temple, this thing is huge. It would take years and years and years to build it. Let me say this very quickly. The third temple will not be built until Jesus returns. Now, where people get confused is out of Daniel chapter 9 and the book of Ezra. The Bible says that when Israel left Babylon and rebuilt the second temple, that before they ever put one brick into the second temple... They already were doing daily sacrifices. Now, Daniel says when the Antichrist comes in the abomination of desolation, he will stop daily sacrifices. In other words, that somehow before the Antichrist comes, Jews will be allowed back on the temple mound doing daily sacrifices. To do a sacrifice, for a Jew to do a sacrifice, whether it's a sheep or a goat or a red heifer, you don't need the temple. All you need is a stone altar. You can put a stone altar up in an hour. They have just found what they believe could be the original site. I've been there two or three times, Scotty and I have been there, the original site of the original Tabernacle of David. The the temple will be this magnificent, unbelievably beautiful building that Jesus will rule and reign for a 1,000 years. But the Tabernacle of David was a altar, an awning, an open round with no wall between Jew and Gentile. So somehow for the Antichrist to stop daily sacrifices before the second coming, it means that somehow a miracle will take place because on the Temple Mount right now, only Muslim. if you were to walk up on the Temple Mount up until a week ago or so, they have Muslim police following you, make sure your lips aren't moving. Because no one's allowed to pray up there except Muslims. But a couple weeks ago, for the first time, they pulled an Israeli flag out and waved the Israeli flag, and they let them go. Hmm. But that's a long way from allowing other religions to be on the Temple Mount and pray. Jews, Gentiles, Christians, and Muslims. But listen to this. Two days ago, three days ago almost, Peace for Prosperity plan was signed. The Peace for Prosperity plan was signed by Arab nations. Jordan's already in. Egypt's already in. The... uh, AUE just signed, and I've been getting phone calls for the last 24 hours from people, huh? What did I say? Oh, UAE, United Arab Emirates. And I've been getting phone calls from people all over, from Washington to Israel, saying there's a whole bunch of Arab countries that are going to jump in on this and sign a peace pact with Israel. Listen to this. Part of the for I've sat in the meeting in D.C. I sat in the meeting with, with President Trump's advisor and asked me what I thought. Listen to this. Jerusalem's holy sites... This was just signed. Other Arab nations are going to sign. Jerusalem's holy sites should remain open and accessible for peaceful worship and tourists of all faith people of every faith should be permitted to pray on the Temple Mount. Haram al-Sharif, in a manner that is fully respectful to their religion, taking into account the times of each religion's prayers and holidays, as well as other religious factors. In other words, what they're saying is, is that we just signed an agreement. Now, now, you have the rapture. You have the second coming. You have seven years in between. Three and a half years is peace, prosperity. I'm okay, you're okay. Three and a half years after, the Bible says the Antichrist stops Jews and Christians from worshiping. And the abomination and desolation takes place. Say, well, man, that we are, if, if you'd ask most politicians, we are, we are hundreds of years from that happening. It happened two days ago. Say, well, pastor, what do you think that means? I'm going to tell you. The wicked servant says the master delays his coming. The wicked servant says the master delays his coming. So I'm telling you that the master could come today. But if he gives us, if we, if we, I, I you know, and I know I'm going to get, I'll, I'll get all kinds of theological letters and everything. Nobody knows the day or the hour. Nobody knows. But we do know the sequence of things to happen. They are shadows. We have a, we've had them for thousands of years, the shadows. So all of a sudden, I, I believe you're going to start seeing. I think there's going to be a little bit of delay. There's going to be a little bit of time. Uh, I believe by Rosh Hashanah, you're going to see Jews praying up on top of the temple. I think you're going to see so many. I, get, I think you're going to see Arab nations. I think uh, um, uh, you're going to see them joining up and saying, you know, it's time for we have peace. I think uh, it's part of the oil deal. It's part of the uh, 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 realizing Iran's the enemy, not Israel. I think you're going to see this. And I think we're heading into some real times of peace. Do you think this is the beginning of the Antichrist? It could be. But if I take the nine months and 20 days, which launches us to the next election, and I believe if God's people will humble themselves and pray, and we get not a man. I don't like the man. We're talking about not a man. We're talking about policy. We're talking about pro-God, pro-church, pro-Israel pro-economy, pro-America. If we get, then I believe. And you know what? I'm going to say this. If, if you don't like me saying this, you're not going to like me tomorrow either. So, so I might as well say it. But we have some people that want the church to go away, want morals to go away. We have some people that want the church to have freedom. Separation of church and state. Keep the state out of our business. So I believe that what we just saw 48 hours ago is a sign. I don't know that it's the sign of the end. I believe it's the sign that we're about to head. You know, and I brought this up in the back, and I think Scott or Donnie or one of the guys said, you know, Pastor... Three and a half years ago, you prophesied that we were going to have seven years of fat. And we've had seven years. We've had three and a half years of fat until the coronavirus hit. I think if we as Christians and Jews rise up and stand for pro-God and pro-church and pro-Synagogue, I think this is a sign that we're about to go into another three and a half, four years of tremendous signs, wonders, and miracles and great prosperity. I really do. I'm out of time. Would you stand with me all over the building? Do you receive what I told you today? Think about, think about, you know, and I really wasn't going to do the mark of the beast, the Antichrist. I really wasn't going to do that. But when this happened two days ago, I said, how can I not do that? I mean, could it be a coincidence? At this time, you know, when we had our first baby, Anna, man, every time Tiz, oh, I feel something, get in the car, we got we to gotta get, get in the car. I mean, I, we were so nervous, and everything went well. When we had Luke, Tiz goes, you know what, I'm about this big, and uh, I've been having pains, and uh, we, ah, it's all right, missed, missed it. Didn't pay attention to the signs. Now, thank goodness, everything came all right. We birthed Luke at home, me and the assistant pastor. Birthed him at home. We get home and Luke was on his way. I went and ran and boiled. Thank goodness, the assistant pastor was a, had been a registered nurse. I went and boiled water. It does nothing i'm gonna boil water once that baby was coming there, there, there was no let's call the ambulance now it was too late by the time by the time the ambulance and the police got there luke was already born we missed the signs but everything came out all right if you miss the signs it's not gonna come out all right we want to pay attention What's the answer? Let me, let me read one more scripture to you. I'm already two minutes over, but that's why we're doing one service. Behold, I looked, and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written on their foreheads. Everything God does is spiritual, And it's physical. Someday, the government will put a mark on your forehead or on your hand. And you can't go into Kroger. You can't go into Lowe's. You can't go into the dentist. You can't get gas unless they scan you for that mark. You say, oh, pastor, they, they would never get to that, that point where they're scanning us. 182. It's a precursor. This is a test. How many of us are so used to now going? 97.3. They'll do it. But the key is that you have not the mark of the beast on your forehead, but you have the name of God in your heart. That's the key. You might say, Pastor Larry, I would never take the mark of the beast. Have you already taken it in your heart? Before they ever give it physically, how many people in america have already taken in their heart are you trusting are you waiting for the government to take care of you if you're waiting for the government to take care of you if you're i'm going to vote for somebody who will in will be leaders of this of our government that'll take care of me listen nobody deserves something for free you get what you work for that's the way the system works you work you get rewarded So if you're thinking, well, I'm going to vote for this person or I'm going to stand up for this person. I want the government to take care of me. You've already taken the mark in your heart. Today is the day to get that mark out of your heart and say, you know what? I will bow down to no one but the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I want the name of the father on my forehead. Socialism doesn't work. Socialism doesn't work. Pastor Scott and I were invited to uh, a a political rally in Miami. And we went there. And when we landed, we had an Uber driver pick us up to take us uh, to our hotel. And he happened to be a Cuban, a man born and raised in Cuba. And so we're in there making conversation. And I said to this man, I said, uh, uh, are Cubans... uh, Going this way or that way? And he, you know, was giving us the politically correct, I I, I get a tip at the end of this right answer. And we told him how we felt. And he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, my father spent most of my life in prison because he believed in, uh, uh, he, he stood against socialism. He said, I was raised on dirt floors No running water, never had a television, never had a radio, because my father was in prison because he stood against Castro and socialism. He said, When he got out of prison, my father got us into America. He said, I'm a working stiff. He said, I'm a working stiff. He said, I work three jobs, but I have a daughter who's in medical school. And I have a son who is a lawyer. He said, "That's the American dream. Nobody gave it to us. We work for it. Amen? Amen? We need to make sure we're ready for the rapture. And if the rapture doesn't come, we need to make sure we're ready for revival. Either way. If we're lukewarm, if we're not serving God, if we're not born again, we're going to miss the rapture or we're going to miss the revival. Things are going to change. Come November, there's a birthing. Isn't it amazing? November comes right after the wedding supper of the Lamb. I don't think it's a coincidence. I'm not not saying that we need to join this political party or that political party. I'm saying we need to start living for God, standing for god being what god wants us to be according to his word and trust him as jehovah jireh our provider we need the name of god on our foreheads not the mark of the beast amen i'd like to have every head bowed every eye closed no one looking around forgive me i'm i'm eight minutes over you're here right now and if you're watching by stream or by television god is speaking to you also. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Larry, I've never been born again. Or I have been born again, but I've, I've, I've kind of gotten lukewarm. And you know what? I am waking up. I'm realizing, man, th- th- things are about to change. And I thank God he loves me so much that he's allowed me to hear the truth and see what's about to happen. He's calling us in. He's, he's, he, it's because he loves us so much. More than any father could love a son. More than any mother could love a child. God loves us so much. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, no one's looking around. You're here right now. You say, Pastor Larry, I need to give my life or rededicate my life to the kingdom of God. I have not really been serving God, but I need to begin to live for God right now. It is a wake-up call. I want you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, would you remember me in prayer? I see that hand, 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 God bless. That hand, that hand, that hand God bless. Give them a great big clap offering. Amen. Let's pray this out loud. Close your eyes. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all my sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now say this with authority. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my spirit. Get out of my body. Get out of my home, my family, my finances, and my future. And I declare in the name and by his blood, I am born again. Every curse is reversed, and every blessing is mine. Not someday, but today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now give the Lord a clap offering one more time. I'm 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 ten minutes over, but I need to do this. I was driving in, God spoke to me. How many of you need a miracle of God in your life right now? I really feel like God has called me to connect through prayer. So, huh? Connect through prayer. My faith with yours. If any two on earth agree. When you have somebody pray, don't have somebody pray for you. Have somebody pray with you. So we're going to pray for everything. But God really spoke to me driving in this morning. It was so clear. How many of you have a business that is going through some tough times right now? You have a business that's going through tough times. Lift your hands up. Lift your hands up. Listen to the word of the Lord. This came to me as I was praying on the way in. And God said to me, number one, watch for supernatural intervention. Watch for supernatural intervention. And number two, everything the devil has stolen because of you standing for God. Now, listen, I'm giving you this prophetic. Just receive it. Just receive it. Everything the devil has stolen is coming back. Multiplied by seven. Now, let me say again, the Messiah could come back before you make it to your car. But if he gives us some times, I believe we are headed for three and a half to four years of incredible blessing and peace and joy. But we need to serve God. Let me give you another word here. What if they, and, and I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. I, here's what I believe. I, be, I believe, and I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, as Paul said, this is Paul speaking, this is Larry speaking. I believe that they're going to come up with a, a um, cure, I, I don't want to use that word, for the coronavirus. Economy's going to explode. But then after a period, they're, 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 they'll ask people to get vaccinated. Vaccinated. And after a period of some years or so, there's going to be a fresh one come up. And they're going to say the reason the fresh one came up, and I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, I'm just what I'm feeling. They're going to say the reason why this fresh one came up is because not enough people got vaccinated. So now we need you to prove that you got vaccinated. So I'm saying the Messiah could come back before we make it to our cars. Amen? You all agree? But if he doesn't come soon, serve Him with our... Don't miss the rapture. And if the rapture doesn't come, don't miss the revival. Because our best really is yet to come. I read the end of the book. We really do win. If you receive that, give the Lord a clap offering. Amen.